Welcome to Your Torah, a 36-week journey into the world of the 63 books of the Mishnah, 18 minutes at a time. A project of Jofa UK, designed as a special invitation to engage in Torah and make it yours. This week's episode of Your Torah is dedicated by Rabbi Yaffa Epstein to her colleagues and the graduates of Yeshivat Maharat. Hi, I'm Rabbi Yaffa Epstein, and I'm the Director of Education in North America for the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies, and I'm a big fan of the Mishnah. I'm honored and excited to be part of the Your Torah Mishnah podcast, brought to you by Jofa, because I think the Mishnah is an underutilized gem that is full of incredibly important content and critically important messages for our lives as Jews today. In particular, the Masechet, or Tractate of Tanit, which deals with fast days, contains some of the most fundamental theological beliefs of the rabbis. The tractate is found in the Seder, the order of Moed, festivals, which has as its subject holy times of the Jewish calendar. And these fast days are considered holy consecrated days. It is important to note that while we do have set days of fasting and prayer as part of the Jewish calendar, the bulk of the fast discussed in Tractate Ta'anit are actually fast days that are established by the community in the wake of terrible tragedies, drought, pestilence, attacks of wild animals, infectious diseases, or war. When reading Tractate Ta'anit, one must understand the significance of drought in the world of the rabbis. For the rabbis of the Mishnah, living in the land of Israel, a drought could be catastrophic for their communities, as it could mean a complete lack of sustenance and utter disaster for their crops. The rabbis devote a large swath of the Masechet specifically to fast days to pray and cry out for rain. This tractate describes the procedure of these fast days as the drought continues. At its core, there is a critically important theological message. This message is based on several moments in the Torah where we are told that God will stop up the heavens and prevent the rain from coming when we are sinning and not taking our relationship with God seriously. We are told in Deuteronomy 11, 10 through 12, Dvarim Yud Aleph, the following. For the land that you are about to enter and possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come. There, the grain you sowed had to be watered by your own labors, like a vegetable garden. But the land you are about to cross into and possess, a land of hills and valleys, soaks up its water from the rains of heaven. It is a land which the Lord your God looks after on which the Lord your God always keeps his eye from year's beginning to year's end. What we see in these verses is the understanding that our behavior is being watched very carefully by God and that rain will come or not come as a result of that behavior. The Masechet has at its core the belief that a drought or other terrible tragedies that befall a community are not random, but rather are coming as a message to teach me to change my behavior. When these tragedies occur, I am commanded to cry out to God in prayer and in fasting in order to repent and to correct my behavior. While there is no express commandment in the Torah to fast as a result of these tragedies, the rabbis rely on several verses in Zvarim, Deuteronomy, which command us to cry out to God. The purpose of these fast days is to engender in us a sense of tshuva, repentance, or returning, where we examine our behavior, pray, cry out to God, and resolve to change ourselves and our behavior. The tractate is divided into four chapters. Chapter one deals with when we mention the rain in the second blessing of the Shemona Esrei prayer, as well as the times of fast on account of scarcity of rain. Chapter two deals with the ceremonies which must be observed in fasting and days on which public fasts are prohibited. 
Chapter 3 deals with additional cases other than rain when a fast is held and trumpets are blown. Chapter 4 deals with the days that are already set and established as fast days, commemorating tragedies that befell the Jewish people. The specific Mishnah that I would like to discuss is the last mission of the tractate. As we mentioned, the fourth chapter of Tractate deals with set fast days that were established in memory of general disasters of the Jewish people, such as Tishabav, the 9th of Av, and the 17th of Tammuz, Yudzain B'Tammuz. The final Mishnah of the tractate reads, Amar Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, Lo hayu yamim tovim li Yisrael, kachamisha asar ba'av uchayom hakipurim, shebahen b'not Yerushalayim yotot b'chle lavan she'ulim, shelo levayesh ad mi she'en lo. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel said, Never were more joyous festivals in Israel than the 15th of Av and Yom Kippur. For on them, the maidens of Jerusalem used to go out dressed in white garments, borrowed ones specifically, in order not to cause shame to those who did not have their own. These clothes were also to be previously immersed, and thus they went out and danced in the vineyards. And what did they say? Young men, raise up your eyes and see what you are choosing for yourself. Young men, look and observe well whom you are about to choose as a spouse. Regard not beauty alone, but rather look to a virtuous family. For, and here the Mishnah quotes a verse from Proverbs 31.3, Gracefulness is deceitful and beauty is a vain thing, but the woman that fears the Lord, she is worthy of praise. The Omer, and it is also saying, Give her from the fruits of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. And thus it is said, Go out, maidens of Jerusalem, and look on King Solomon, and on the crown which his mother has encircled his head on the day of his espousals, and on the day of the gladness of his heart, which comes from Shir HaShirim, Song of Songs 3.11. Biyom Chatunato, here the Mishnah continues and actually explains and performs a midrash on this verse on Shir HaShirim, and says, Biyom Chatunato, on the day of his espousal, of his marriage, Zematan Torah, this is actually the day of the giving of Torah, and on the day of the gladness of the joy of his heart, this is the building of the temple. May it be built speedily in our day. Amen. And that actually is the close of the Masechet, which is really quite beautiful. That the Masechet itself closes with a prayer, right? a tractate that is completely about prayer and crying out to God, actually closes quite beautifully with a prayer. Now, there are many important and beautiful messages that we can learn from this Mishnah, which itself seems sort of interesting and maybe even strange, this idea that the maidens of Jerusalem would go out into the fields on these two days, Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, also a set fast day in our calendar, and the 15th of Av, which is exactly the seventh day after the 9th of Av, perhaps the day of greatest tragedy, the most devastating date in the Jewish calendar, the day of the destruction, both of the first and second temples. And on this day, the 15th of Av, 
We have a day where we say enough now. We can no longer mourn. We must rebuild. We must stand up, shake off our ashes, and recommit ourselves to love and to continuing on with our lives. So that's really quite a powerful idea that just after celebrating this day of real destruction, commemorating that destruction, a painful day in our calendar, we say enough now, we get up and we really recommit ourselves to rebuilding. We also see here a very real nod to the idea of class, right? We have the young women borrowing clothes from each other. We have wealthy girls borrowing clothes from less wealthy girls. And really a very fascinating idea that we didn't want people to know. We didn't want their partners to choose them based on their wealth. Yet, don't we see here the mention of Yichas? Don't we say, choose someone of great familial connections? Is this not a nod to reinforcing the class and hierarchical structure of society? Perhaps so. But perhaps there is another message here about the virtue of family itself. When we say, look towards a virtuous family, perhaps what we are saying here in this Mishnah is that one of the things that led to the destruction of the temple was in fact the division among families, a breakdown in trust within the community. This act of looking towards a virtuous family can also be understood to be about rebuilding the general community and looking past the elements that can divide us. And there is one final really interesting point here in the Mishnah. At the end of the Mishnah, we are comparing partnership and love to the day of the giving of the Torah and the day of the rebuilding of the temple, the two most fundamental moments of Jewish life, the covenant and ritual worship. Jewish love and partnership, the Mishnah is telling me, are ways in which to build and to rebuild the Jewish community and to find purpose after intense destruction. This Mishnah has great significance for our times today. Many times when we are faced with despair or we lose faith in our own ability to make the world different, We are tempted to give up and to give in to destruction and the destructive behavior we see around us. This Mishnah, and indeed the whole tractate, asks us to wake up, to respond to the destruction we see, not with more negativity, but with positive and constructive behavior, to choose love, to choose life, and to rebuild the world one step and one relationship at a time. This episode of Your Torah is brought to you by Jofa UK, in collaboration with women from around the world who all share a passion for Torah study. If you are enjoying Your Torah, consider sponsoring an episode. Find out more by visiting ukjova.org. Join the conversation on social media using the hashtag YourTorah.